everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, folks, hopefully all of you have had a very Merry Christmas or a Happy Holidays, depending on what you celebrate. Uh, we are recording this post-holiday season. Well, post-holiday as in like the day or so after, two days after. Uh, but we wanted to kind of do a little bit of a Christmas episode here. Nothing too fancy. But, quite frankly, one of the most important cinematic... <clears throat> master... I can't even get it out. A movie's... Uh, masterpiece. Masterpiece yeah, is what you meant to say, right? I, I couldn't even get it out. Yeah, there was some, there was some little movie put on uh, Disney+. Plus, uh, Star Wars Lego holiday special. And I figured we'd yes. talk a little bit about that. And then also the first episode of The Mandalorian Gallery. A little behind-the-scenes stuff there. So, yeah, got a few things to talk about today. Yeah. So, first off, how was your week? Or I should say, how was your Christmas week? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was busy. Uh, we got a fair amount of snow here in Ohio. Yeah, um, kind of messed up our plans with the family a little bit but right finally got together at some point yeah 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 kind of individually did a you know a little bit of running here and there but um yeah christmas eve it definitely snowed quite a bit made the roads pretty pretty bad and apparently the state of ohio said well you know you you guys are uh you guys are all under uh curfew anyway so you shouldn't be traveling nowhere just staying at home so clean the roads you shouldn't be using them well i mean it was it was strange there really wasn't much in the way of clearing roads this year and and obviously i'm sure that can be attributed to uh you know folks being you know off you know safe all that good stuff so i I get it but clear roads i i think are pretty important to public safety (laughs) yeah regardless i mean if just for emergency services alone, they should be clear. But yeah, so I found um, that a little bit yeah, odd. We because, got a level two. Yeah. Well, yeah, around your area was particularly bad, even after the snow had kind of dissipated. But like up here, yeah. normally we're we're all pretty good because um, our our county normally does a lot to make sure that roads are cleared, and they really didn't much up here either. Um, you know, it's, it's gotten a little warmer. So, so, you know, things are starting to melt off. Hopefully it doesn't freeze again overnight. (laughs) Yeah. More of a, yeah. More of a melt off than anything. But yeah, yeah. Busy going around, you know, trying to, you know, safely see people, I guess. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was Christmas. It's a little, little different, but it was, it was Christmas. You know, I learned about something, and I didn't know this was a thing. And when somebody, yeah, you know how like when you don't know something and somebody else knows it, and they kind of look at you funny, like how didn't you know that? But at the same time, you're looking at them funny, like they're doing something odd. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna try and look it up here just to make sure I have the the terminology uh, correctly because I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it it, it was a challenge. Okay. So wham, 
has a Christmas song. And I guess the challenge was to not hear Wham before Christmas Day, I guess. Because I was talking to some other friends and they were like, yeah, man, I mean, I've already lost that. I don't remember. I, th- I feel like they said like Wham Apocalypse or I don't know, whatever. It, it's something I, I don't remember. And I was like, what, what is that? It's like, what do you mean? Well, you don't know what it is. And it's like, no, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't really actively listen to Christmas music, though, in, in general. And uh, yeah, so apparently it was some whole big thing where you just don't try not to hear the song. It's like, okay, I don't listen to the radio anymore. Or Yeah, it's fairly simple. I mean, maybe back 20 years ago, that'd be a difficult challenge. But to me... I don't look up Christmas music on my phone through streaming services. So uh, the only way that'd be difficult is if I was around a relative who had the CD, I guess. Yeah. And and I guess that's where it could get you where, you know, you're, you're turning on your whatever smart speaker thing. I'm not going to say it because I have one and it'll turn on and start kicking mine on please. Yeah. I wasn't (laughs) trying. I was actually listening to something else on TV and it happened and really that doesn't normally happen. But anyway, so I guess that's where you could get in trouble, like play a playlist of music, whatever uh, Christmas music. But honestly, I don't really listen to Christmas music. I've never been much of a Christmas music person. Yeah, neither have I. Usually our family tradition growing up was to listen to a few different CDs. But there, there were three. Other than, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, three CDs for 20 years. It was glorious. But <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was um, the Air Supply Christmas, the Oak Ridge Boys Christmas, and then one other and generic <laughs> one. Well, yeah, th- there was Elvis, and then there's one other generic one. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, that I, I got my fill from that. I avoided Christmas music otherwise, except for like what I ran into when shopping. So, mm-hmm. yeah, even, even shopping. I, I mean, not that I've been out a ton, but like, I think the only place this where I year really was odd for that. Well, you know, not the only place Christmas that I've really heard music. Christmas music was at the, uh, post, one of the post offices. They, they set up a little, a uh, little, uh, tiny like boom box type thing. Just really set it up there, plugged it in and, I think it was just playing a radio station or whatever, but at any rate, yeah, that was the only place I really remember hearing, really hearing any Christmas music at all. Again, not that I've really been out. Yeah, the last time I really heard anything over the radio was probably when I was, you know, being a angsty kid listening to the Blitz Mm -hmm. and listening to Blitzmas. That was about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for, for sure, for sure. So, I don't know, man. A little bit different. Obviously, we'll hopefully try and make 2021 a, a more positive year as we Yes, even if we have it. to make changes still. I mean, we can certainly be a little more positive about it, I think. Nothing wrong with that. Well, we should. We, we really should. And I, I think once we kind of get into next week and, well, we'll, we'll be recording after New Year's passes, but, you know, I, I guess we'll, you know, maybe talk about it a little bit more then as we're talking about it now. But uh, yeah, everybody, let's try and let's try and be positive. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, that people don't like politically. Um, just you know, COVID related, people mm-hmm. hating movies, whatever. And yeah. the 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 more hate you put out into the ether, the more you're gonna receive. 
Uh, it's not I a agree. karma thing. It's just it's just how it works. Because the second you put something mm-hmm. negative out there, you, you're going to be assured that somebody else is going to come back with something negative as well. Because that's just that's just yeah. how it goes nowadays. Everybody's it go, in a competition. It goes full circle. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so let, let's all try and be positive, um, <laughs> saying this, knowing, sure. knowing full well that the, sometimes the Star Wars universe isn't always the most positive either. <laughs> yes, very true. Although I, I would say that this year we're going into a lot of high hopes for Star Wars, so mm-hmm. let's just try and let that reverberate out into the rest <laughs> of our lives. I think every one of us could probably ditch a bad habit we picked up due to COVID, so you know, I'm not one for New Year's resolutions, but... It's definitely a good time for a reset on certain things, I believe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So anyway, I guess we can go ahead and start moving in here. Now, I believe, you know, we, we both watch a holiday special, but you weren't able to sit down and watch the gallery, correct? Yes, I totally blanked on watching that. I just kind of forgot that it came out already. And No, yeah, that's fine. So, my fault there. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. I mean, to be honest with you, we... We stopped, I want to say it was like the fourth episode, and they put out a total of eight. Um, yeah. But we just we just kind of stopped, and it was... It, yeah, I don't think it's any Star Wars fans' first go-to, like it's not getting anyone super pumped. It's a nice little, you know, cherry on top after watching Mando. It is kind of cool. It's given us something to look forward to. Well, I mean, there were a couple of, you know, interesting tidbits, and but by and large, the shows were... You know, under thirty, uh, under forty minutes, and a couple of them were under thirty minutes. Um, so they're little short tidbits. But season two here, <laughs> they're even putting it in seasons. Season two, the making of season two, chapter four, oh, chapter ten. No, thank <laughs> God. Um, but anyway, this first episode was sixty-five minutes. I actually oh, wow. was a little bit put off by that, honestly, because I I sort of thought as like. Why, why, like, the yeah. why though? So, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was odd. Don't know exactly why it was so long. And, and to be honest, like, I feel like some of this could have been mashed in other things, which, which leads me to believe that there might be less episodes. Because this read a lot like not only behind the scenes making of, but also director highlights, which was another episode from last series, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. So did it fill the did it fill in the blanks on multiple episodes or just episode one? No, it was it was the entire uh, like kind of look at it in the in, at the series at, in its entirety. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, kind of interesting. Probably gonna be shorter. Now, one thing, uh, I'll run through some points. We'll get your reactions to it, and I'll talk a little bit about a few things that I found interesting. But first thing, uh, season two, codename Huckleberry. And I found this interesting because they had the actor who played Johnny Ringo (laughs) in Tombstone (laughs) later in the season, the Ahsoka episode. And that yeah. was a famous line from that. I don't. That's I don't, pretty cool. I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that was the reason, or if it was, I didn't really read or or see that in here. So I just thought that was kind it's of funny, funny coincidence, though. If it is, yeah. Um, of course, that blows by most people's heads. I'm sure not not a ton of Tombstone fans out there. We 
were forced I, to be well, growing up. So. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it was a fairly popular movie, but yeah, maybe, maybe not. So let me run through a couple of uh, bullet points here that I wrote down. And, uh, you know, again, we'll get your reactions to something. So first of all, we had kind of a do-all room, all right? So a lot of what they did here in Mandalorian was like one room. And it was kind of this circular room with all of the, you know, the screens where they could put backdrops up. Mm-hmm. And they just changed it in accordance with the scene that they were doing. They didn't really go anywhere all that much. Everything was centralized in this this kind of like one area. So I thought that was very interesting. Uh, you know, just to think about the, the the filmmaking process because that's one thing about like movies and and. I mean, we'll think about uh, Rise of Skywalker, all the different areas they went to, the the travel, yeah. the exotic places that we're seeing. And here, we're all in like one <laughs> one room or the back lot or something. It was kind of interesting yeah. in that that respect. Well, they have to save their money somewhere so they can afford that CGI budget, so I understand. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> Well, so again, that was kind of cool. Um, talked a little bit about the crate dragon fairly early on when, mm-hmm. you know, they had like conceptualized drawings of it. And at first it started like at 150 feet. And at the end it became 600 feet. Yeah. Apparently John Favreau looks in here. He's like, that thing's not big enough. And he just continued <laughs> to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> And yeah. we don't really see it so much in the episode, but it has like legs. It has like six legs. Oh, it has six. I, I if uh, I'm, I yeah. remember seeing two. I don't remember six. No, wow. it it had it had like several several legs. Uh, I I have the episode popped up. I'll try and kind of get there. Maybe Doug Chang, man, he was in here quite a bit. I had the opportunity to to meet him at celebration, but uh, it was. That was a big debacle because there were two lines. There was Ashley Eckstein's line and then Doug's, and we were going to do both, and we didn't wind up doing either. <laughs> it was so really? backed up. It was nuts. Um, yeah, of course, I'm not going to necessarily find it. But anyway, it was, yeah, it had several legs, and, and the whole thing was is it was like we didn't really see legs. We just kind of saw it no. <laughs> going in and out of the sand, and, and then uh, – then it was dead. <laughs> yeah. And In spectacular fashion. Yeah. But so, yeah, some of the, just, just some of the concept behind that was really cool. And obviously, I mean, the big thing is we, we really only saw a skeleton of it mm-hmm. in the original series. Okay. It had more than six. It had like uh 10, <laughs> had 10 little just legs. It's more off. <laughs> more and more, man. Um, they must have been closer towards the tail is all I can figure. <laughs> yeah, that was a big head, big neck. A couple other things I wrote down here. So <laughs> I wrote this down because I remember when you were a kid, you used to do, I, I think it was off of a video game, but I can't remember. But I remember you used to do like uh, graffiti-like drawings. I think it was from <laughs> a game, wasn't it? It was from a video game, yeah. Yeah, Mark Echoes getting up. Okay. <laughs> so in uh, in some of our... There was one particular panel. The graffiti artist's name was David Cho. 
and he they actually put him in the show as like a you know a random alien, and um, they, they talked about the layering process because they wanted to make this particular panel like it was like years. So he started with like very simple drawings or you know tags or whatever you want to call them. I'm not that hip. I I, I didn't really like graffiti at all. Uh, so. And this was in, uh, gosh, was this season? Was this, uh, I don't remember what episode this is. This might've been episode two, but basically where they had the, the, um, the fight in the, the ring. Fighting pit. Yeah. That so, was actually episode one, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it is. I have yeah. to go back and, and, and read, rewatch. Yeah. All this. And that was a focal point. Actually, we talked about that quite a bit during the episode. Cause we thought maybe we would see Sabine. <laughs> yeah, Sabine. Because of that. Yeah. So that was the whole thing. He did the, this whole layer drawings, and apparently, like even, I, I guess uh, John Favreau's like kid also came here and tagged something on there, and John tagged something on there, and Dave Filoni put something. So like everybody, Carl Weathers, they all kind of put their own little piece on this wall. So I, you know, I think that that's something really neat. You know, just yeah, to bring yeah. the years in quotations, years of, of layers in here. It was it was actually very neat. And then also to put the artist in the in the, the show. Yeah. Just as, you know, kind of like Man- an extra. Mando's very good about doing that. And I do appreciate that person. I know some of it gets kind of cringy with old Wolf, but, you know, it's <laughs> all very entertaining. No doubt. Here's another thing that I didn't know. So our, you remember our gangster that Mando meets and tries to double cross and he leaves them to the dogs or cats or whatever they are? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to mispronounce this guy's name, uh, so I'll try and say it. I didn't really like pre-look it up. Um, John Leguizamo, you remember him? He played Luigi in the Mario movie. <laughs> that was I mean, him. Li- listen, listen. I know I... <laughs> I know I should probably have a better reference for him, but that's what I remember <laughs> more, most specifically. But yeah, he was he was the voice of that guy. I don't know if they. I don't think that they put him under prosthesis, or at least they didn't show it here. But I didn't know that. I thought that was kind of neat, and they had him doing the voice and everything. So that was kind of a cool yeah. little tidbit. Nice upgrade for him. <laughs> Way better role. That's cool. Yeah, I mean he he's done he's done quite a bit acting wise, but it it does kind of seem like he gets you know, at least lately I don't know if he's been in anything super big. He might have been under the prosthesis. I really don't know. I just I just saw the voice saying. Sorry, I don't pay that much attention. I could probably <laughs> also look it up, but I'm not going to. So anyway, uh, that'd be too difficult. <laughs> too difficult. A couple of other takeaways. They really seem to make a point of showing. Pedro under the helmet, like in the armor in this season. Now, obviously, they're the stunt doubles, and we have two two stunt two stunt doubles, and they did a lot in season one, like most of it. But it really seemed like, and and I'll tell you, here's another bit of rumor. What we'll talk about too. There was a little bit of rumor that you know Pedro might not be back for season three, which is bull. He will be. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The I thing read the is, same thing and that was actually just confirmed. Like, okay, this is, this is garbage. It's not happening. Yeah. So, but I, but the thing is, is apparently the, the credence that story is that he wasn't all that happy that he wasn't in the armor. You know what I mean? 
So I kind of thought that that was interesting, but they really did make it a point to show him in the full armor under the hel- under the helmet and all that good stuff throughout a lot of this behind the scenes. So I thought that, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. But that's sort yeah. of what I want to see, honestly. I mean, do you think we would see him with no armor at all season 3? You think we'd get to that point? No, I don't think so. I think we might at some point, but it's going to take him a while to get used to that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I kind of doubt it, but maybe. Oh, and then a, a few people... It does It does open up uh, the possibility for a little romance to be rekindled at the uh, one village, though. So. Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting. I don't know if they'll ever really get back there, but could be. And there have been a few people that have said that, too. She'd um, be a nice man for it. She she obviously has quite a bit of training, you know. Well, she won't be a man nice because armor. I don't. I I I want a very too, old foundling. Too old, too old to be a foundling. She is too old, too old to commence the training. I don't know. So I thought that you know again I thought that the highlight on that was was very interesting. Um, and I, and here's another thing: some of these crew have a jacket that just says Mando Squad on it. I kind of want a Mando <laughs> Squad jacket. Where is this merch? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the merch? That's uh, probably along with all the other merch, just waiting for season four to be developed. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been a little quicker, quicker on the trigger this season, it seems like. Yeah. But they my... got it out for Christmas, finally. Yeah. <laughs> It, it baffled me. It really did baffle me that that the Baby Yoda merch wasn't out when it when it was supposed to. Like as as I mean, the, as as driven as Disney is for those little toys and stuff that they didn't do that, it still baffles me. I mean, this is kind of like as bad as the delay after A New Hope. Truthfully, for merchandise, it's like what what are you thinking? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I can give a little bit. A little bit for New Hope because it was such a gamble. Well, they didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. 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 But this, it seems a lot more unforgivable to me. Um, let's see. We we did also, there, there was quite a bit of highlight on stunts, stunt coordinators. Uh, Misty Rosas, who uh, was Frog Lady, we gave a little bit, little bit of a spotlight to her, which I thought was good, showing off um, some more of that that planet and concept art and so on and so forth. Um, you know, some of the, the, like the Quarren head pieces were really cool to see out there and, and so forth. And again, like when we started talking, it's like this could have easily been more than one episode because they just started like hyper-focusing on directors in their specific episodes. So at first we get quite a bit with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who I feel has been fairly brilliant, and she uh, she directed our Frog Lady episode slash Mandalorian yeah. episode, Bo-Katan. And, uh, you know, I have never heard her talk. Or if I have, I haven't remembered oh, really? it. She is so excited when she talks about <laughs> yeah. Star Wars. It's, it's actually really, really neat um, to hear her just get so excited about, like, like Katie Sackhoff, like, Oh, she's watched. Oh, he got Katie Sackhoff. And, you know, just everything about her episode 
it, it it was it was really really nice to see, and again one of just really a great episode of the Mandalorian. So I thought that that was kind of cool. Um, spent quite a bit of time with the costume designer as well. Uh, what was her name? Let's see if I can get that. Shauna. Wow, that doesn't have a lot of vowels in it. T R P C I C. Trip Chipsick. That didn't have much, many I'm not vowels. Try. But we, we spend quite a bit of time with her, you know, sort of explaining some of the designs, uh, you know, like Cara Dune, like giving her a little bit different armor and then obviously her little badge, her her uh, belt, yeah. belt buckle badge. <laughs> Ranger. <laughs> when the eyes of Ranger are upon you. That's in Texas. I'm a Texas. Though. I mean, I mean, New Republic Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, maybe, maybe next season she can do like a, you know, like a spinning heel kick, and you know, the Walker Texas Br- bring in, bring in, uh, bring in the original Walker Texas Ranger. Just come, have him come just, in. That'd be great. I hope at some point she just interacts with the cowboy hat, like, eh, not my style, or something <laughs> like that. You know. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So another thing I wrote down here as we move along, when we were in the corridor, you remember the corridor scene with Bo-Katan and uh, Koska Reeves and, you know, missing in action Mandalorian that we don't ever see again, probably. Um, And we see Mando in the back, not really shooting in the beginning. They flashed a little tidbit here with, with John Favreau, who everybody is saying he is like 100% more involved this season. Like he's on the set. He's there every day. He's giving suggestions. So one of the things they captured here when they had filmed this scene the first time through, because obviously you're going to refilm and all that good stuff. He specifically says Mando shouldn't like be shooting at this point. Like, make him seem like he's not a part of this team yet. He has to kind of, like, fall back. So the way we see it in there was, like, a direct John Favreau direction, despite mm. this not being, like, his, like, directorial episode. So I thought that was kind yeah. of interesting that he that he put that in there. Another thing a little bit later, once we start talking about Dave Filoni's episode with Ahsoka, he kind of says here that, the reason he didn't e- try and put her in season one was because he doesn't want to mess it up. So really? if if he potentially, if he could have thought he was ready for it, we could have seen Ahsoka Tano in season one, which would have been wild. I think that we would have been a little more excited about it, honestly. I don't know, <laughs> just man. A bit. Yeah. It, it, it's just it's kind of crazy to think about that yeah. that we could yeah, just have to know they her... had that vision at that point to have all these crazy you know extras on it that is pretty cool yeah um we also got George Lucas on set that was pretty cool he he interacted a bit with Rosario Dawson in there which I thought was really cool uh back I saw up. some pictures of that yeah mm-hmm. yeah it got that was where he held the the baby Yoda doll he got to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, ju- I did just want to back up just a wee bit because we did 
um, do make a point of making sure that they had given some props to uh, Sasha Banks or uh, Mercedes. Uh, I don't remember what her last name is. I'm I'm very sorry. I remember first names, but you know, just making a point to to talk about her and build her up as well. Uh, everybody seemed really impressed with with the way she brought energy in here, and that's why they wanted to bring her back later as well. So I thought that yeah. was really good. And I, again, I, I liked your character. I, I thought it was good to bring her back personally. Uh, let's see. We do move on from uh, from Howard and we get into uh, Carl Weathers uh, section here. And, you know, my, my goodness, does he, he get a, a heap of praise, you know, for his direction of action and, you know, just being kind of like almost like the elder statesman sort of deal on set um we already know that uh that um (laughs) wow i'm forgetting real names cara dune her actual name is oh my goodness put me on the spot here wow yeah that deserves a google that's that's oh i'm quite uh, embarrassing (laughs) i am so so annoyed that her her name is um Live, live on the podcast. Gina Carano. Gina Carano. Wow. My God, I can't believe I. How forgot do we forget that? that? <laughs> well, I just got. I was just thinking, Cara Dune. Cara, you know, but she has always been yeah. very complimentary of Carl and and being like, you know, this is somebody who has pushed her to be a better actor. So yeah, you know, giving him a ton of props, I think was was um, very very well warranted. Again, a really solid episode. Everybody did solid, solid episodes across the board. Now, listen, man, I have to point one other thing out here. You know a little bit about this because I know you've looked at it, and if you haven't, I would be highly disappointed. You know how many lightsaber makers there are out there, right? I mean, you've, you've Ridiculous. looked at them, right? <laughs> there are some sabers that are sweet, like spot on, great sounds, yeah. great lights, right? There was such a bunch of talk in this series about making sabers and they, they made it sound like it was so hard as like, but like, wait a minute. They talked about what sabers would have been difficult. Well, they talked about uh, Ahsoka's sabers and, um, the dark difficult, but they they seem to all have, these all have a background. I mean, it's not like you're trying to create your own design of lightsaber. It, you, you know exactly what to do, how to make it, you know, what it needs to look like. And it's all just, you know, high quality polymer plastic. I mean, it's not well, like it's aluminum di- most of the time. Some of honestly. them. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I was, I, I was a little taken aback by that, but they were like, when they were talking about Ahsoka sabers, they were saying, you know, they kept getting bigger and bigger. And then Floney's like, no, they can't be that big. It's like, but you could literally go to like any of these savior. Ma- I mean, not any of them. Some of them are a little meh, but maybe you have to beef up, beef up the sounds, or maybe you need a better battery for the light or something. Because I mean, like her sabers are bright; they're bright white. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm just saying that, like, an opportunity of a lifetime for one of these makers to make something that they already make, and they just make it higher quality. I feel like they could do that. But of course, yeah. I mean, there's ILM and they're going to use internals, but I just thought that was so strange, you know? Yeah, I don't get that. 
But they mentioned it for Ahsoka's and for the Darksaber, too. It just it, That didn't make well, a ton of sense to me. At least, at least they weren't willing to go that far with Luke's. I mean, if you can't make a Luke lightsaber, then what are you, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I guess. A um, couple of other things for Filoni's episode. Um, did talk quite a bit about the choreography here and the stunt. The stuntmen were seemed to be really impressed with Rosario Dawson and like her intensity and getting into the role and you know really taking the combat unto herself now one thing that I did find interesting here was the way she held the sabers so you know they're curved right the way I always think about it is the curve is coming out like away from the body if you're holding them to your face the curve would go away she's actually holding them to the curve that goes into the body Mm mm-hmm I didn't notice that in the show, but every scene, the curve was always coming into the body as opposed to out. That's odd. Because you notice it in Clone Wars when she holds it the normal way, but yeah. Well, I I don't don't want to say normal way because, like, I could see see how either way, just depending on comfort, but for some reason, I never caught that in the show, and I just found it kind of like, it's like, wait a minute. Did she hold those the entire Hmm. time that way? Apparently. I don't know. I'll have to go back and watch the episode again. Were you as excited as I was that they actually did the scene where they're connected and she pulls yeah, them apart? That was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I was so happy they did that. And yeah. I was kind of disappointed they didn't do it every single time, so that got me pretty excited when they finally did it. Yeah, it was it but was did pretty they, neat. Did they, did they go over the battle with the magistrate? I was kind of hoping they'd go over the choreography and everything. With you that. know what? They really didn't. And I, and I have to say that was a little bit disappointing to me. Um, they did some flashes, but they didn't necessarily talk about it. I thought that was a bit of a missed opportunity not to go over her background and yeah. how they kind of brought that about. So, but no, that was, that was a little disappointing to me though. A little disappointing. All right, let me go ahead and we'll, we'll walk a little bit further past Filoni's episode. And then let's go to Robert Rodriguez. Um, Apparently, Robert just sat around and played guitar the entire time. <laughs> Every single <laughs> scene they shoot here, he seems to have like a guitar in his hand. It's like, what are you doing, man? I mean, like, what's up with this? <laughs> and which episodes were his again? Remind me. Uh, the Boba Fett episode, like when he comes his in and gets Boba his arm. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that that was his, and he he talked. Really passionately about how Boba Fett was his favorite character, and re- an interesting kind of behind the the scenes thing here. It's all behind the scenes. I don't know why I had to say that again. But um, behind the behind the scenes, he pitched Morrison's sort of like fight scene. He recorded his two kids fighting in his backyard. He recorded it on his phone, and it was hilarious. I wish you would have seen this, but like. When, when he's like doing the firing, he used, he just held up little stormtrooper action figures and then like threw them down. <laughs> and apparently when he showed Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau this, they just like, were those like action figures? Yeah, that's what I had at the time. It's like, this is awesome. So, you know, they all seem to bond really well over the the conceptualized, you know, sort of vision that he had there. And he also, again, this is like how smart these people are. 
Mando is kind of a gunfighter, right? We've established that. He wanted Boba Fett to be something completely different. And you kind of do see that in the style in which he he fought with the stormtroopers. So I, I did think that that was neat. Another thing too, man, Tamara Morrison, I want to meet this guy. I want to meet him now. He literally seemed like the life of the party at this thing. You know, really? he, he did a little blues song on on the guitar at one point. He <laughs> he they showed a little snippet of his haka dance, uh, you know, that he incorporated in some of the combat. And mm-hmm. just yeah, he seemed like one of the coolest dudes on the set. It yeah. was it was pretty it was pretty cool. He's very playful. Uh, when we Which is odd because you would this. think just by how he acts, he would be pretty stiff and, you know, dry yeah. humor. Complete opposite of that. It was it was actually really really neat, and that again, th- this is some of the cool parts of this. I, I really do think you need to go back and and watch, watch some of some of it at least just to, you know he get some of the humor, the humor of it. But he he seemed yeah. Like I'll definitely go back and probably watch this tonight. Honestly. It, Sounds like, I don't know, just based on what you're saying, compared to the first season, they're getting more into the actors and the personalities of all these people more. And, right. You know, paying, paying attention to the things that you really care about for these behind-the-scenes more. Yep. Now, I think we have to give some props here and a bit of a retraction because we dogged this guy a lot last uh, during the last season. Um, and I... You know, pronunciations, you know, they're not my strong suit, but uh, Rick. I already know who you're talking. I'm I, just going to call I almost, him. Rick. I almost asked about him. You know, the my dad took me to see Star Wars once. Guy. Yeah. So yeah. we kind of, we kind of, we kind of were a little, I don't want to like act like we were really negative, but you know, it his story was kind of lame. He, he felt like yeah. there wasn't any real energy, but when you really look at the episodes that he put together and in this season, he directed the the Mayfeld episode. Oh, really? Yeah. And so wow. we didn't make mention of this when we were doing the the recaps and everything. We probably should have, but this guy, I think he really gets it. But I think he's just so even keeled and calm. Sometimes that just yeah. doesn't feel like it gets out enough. Translate to being kind of boring when he really is. Yeah, but you know, again, the cast seem to really think of him as like a very, you know, like positive centered sort of source of energy for them. But again, when you think about that, and I don't remember, I, I didn't go back and look at, uh, at what, which episode it was that he did last season. Maybe I can uh, find that real quick. I'm not sure. Just depends on how quickly I can find it. But I was, I was just super, super impressed by by that, it, it, I, I I don't know. Uh, let's see. So he did. Uh, let's see. He did chapter two, the child. He did chapter six, the prisoner, and then the believer. So oh, wow. he, he's actually done uh, done three episodes of of the Mandalorian, and he had, not along with directing, he also was a writer on the prisoner as well, which was the the prison ship again with Bilber. <laughs> so, of course. Yeah, so very, very cool to see him, um, you know, kind of, he gave a little bit more personality in this particular one. I, I don't know if he was just caught off guard by the last one, but I just thought, it, yeah, he seemed really flat. Well, 
wasn't ready for the question, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but he directed a heck of an episode. That was a, that was a really, really good one. So we got to give him props. You know, he seemed a little boring beforehand, but we, we get it now. I get it. You'll, you'll get it later, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. So I guess the last thing, uh, did I have much else written down here? Uh, well, two things. One, I'll start with one thing. So Gideon, Giancarlo here. When they were talking about the fight between Gideon and Mando, so he did his own stunts. He did the fight. Yeah. Apparently he kept breaking dark sabers <laughs> because he was really? so intense <laughs> on this. Like he went at it like a literal fight. And I got to give, I got to give people props for that because you want these fights to look real. You want them to, to, to like, and that's the, the gift of an actor is making the stakes seem high and from everything that they're saying here, he did that. He was able to capture that, and he was, and I think so too from the from the actual show. But the stuntmen, again, they're giving him props. They're really building him up. It's like, yeah, man. I mean, he just brought an energy to that scene that maybe somebody else couldn't do. Maybe another stunt double couldn't do. So I thought that was actually really neat to to kind of learn that he really went at it hard. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, one last thing I had writ- written, written, written down. Dave Filoni and John Favreau really seem like they're buddies. Kind of caught that from the first season of this. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's important. It's very important because if these two can continue to work together, I, I really foresee us having, uh, you know, some really, really cool, Star Wars stuff yeah. as we continue to, to build into the future. I think that one of the reasons why it worked so well with, with like Dave and George Lucas is that they, they had mutual respect, but you know, they, they kind of knew each other well enough and, to let each other do the things. It's like, you know, Dave knew George Lucas so well. And now you kind of have a different relationship building between, Dave, who is kind of now the master, and John, I know he's he's like sort of the big dog, but really he's more the apprentice because Dave is yeah. the the knowledge here. He has it directly from the source, but it, it really I I would like to see the relationship because if the relationship is strong, the hope is is that we can continue to get a lot of really good content out of the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, they've breathed so much life into Star Wars. I don't see how they could make anything terrible, honestly. I mean, it's only going to get better as they learn more about each other and get more used to each other's directing style. And I think we're just going to see a fountain of amazing content pour out of them. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. So, um... I think that's it for our gallery episode. Obviously, you know, you have to take a look at that on your own. And then, uh, I don't know, we might recap more. We barely got through like four episodes, I think, uh, last year. So we'll, we'll see if we, if we can put maybe throw that in with the, the Mando season two overall review. I might throw a little bit in there. Yeah. 
So we'll continue on that, but let's go ahead and get into our <laughs> our main attraction. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like we just talked about our attraction. <laughs> well, uh, the, the the holiday special, man. Um, we don't really have to go in super in depth, but I think there are a couple themes that we want to that I I know I want to talk about, and I'm sure you do as well. So. Lego, so what are Lego holiday special? I guess the thing is, like, if you know it, you know it. You know the story of this, how it goes. But what what were some key points that actually entertained you or actually intrigued you? Because I think that's all we really need to get into. <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's just let's let's do a real quick. I think that this movie it, it would be a fine thing to sit down with your kid and watch. And that's what I ultimately did. You know, that was at least my excuse for watching it in front of other people. Yeah. So, I mean, from that standpoint, I think it's a nice little story. I think that there is appropriate levels of humor for for younger people and enough for adults to kind of chuckle at stuff. Um, you know, we tell a, uh, you know, kind of a very basic story, a little bit. You know, I don't like time stories. I don't really like time travel or interruption of time very much, but I think it, you know, it's an interesting little story and and it's kind of fun and it's not like cringy like the actual holiday special no itchy in this or was there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, technically there was. <laughs> so let, yeah, so anyway, as far as like a nice little, you know, whatever, 40, 50 minute, how long was it? 46 minutes. 48, yeah. 46. Yeah, little episode. It, I think it would be a good little thing to sit down and watch with your kids and, you know, entertain them for a little bit, have some popcorn. Yeah. And Lego, Lego can be funny, I guess. In a way. Yeah. yeah in a way. They, they can jab. They can jab at some things that maybe we've joked about in the past, but don't really highlight, you know, that, that was one thing they kind of, they kind of picked some jokes on some lesser known tropes in star Wars. I feel like in this, they weren't just hitting all the bullet points, although they did technically through the time travel hit all the bullet points, but you know, yeah. So I guess let's just do a real, real, real quick plot synopsis, I guess. So, um, we apparently have Jedi Master Ray. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, and Jedi present uh, apprentice the Finn. Yeah, we'll talk English. about that a little bit more uh, <laughs> after the synopsis. But Life Day, uh, they you know the friends you know Poe and uh, Finn and Rose and Ray and R two and C three PO and Dio and Chewbacca are they're going to. Uh, you know, uh, Chewie's home planet, you know, have a little life day celebration. And uh, Ray's having trouble teaching, so she goes to a planet. Uh, what was the saying? Something about, um, I don't know, in the past you find whatever present Jedi talk. I don't remember what the exact Yeah, It doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. Um, so she winds up going off, you know, off planet, you know, to, to try and, you know, gain some more knowledge. Okay. And, you know, her friends are all mad at her. How could you leave? We have life day, but she goes anyway. 
because because yeah. Ray don't care nothing. She's not she's not helping out. Goes to the planet with BB-8 and finds a crystal that ele- okay uh, with the key to the galaxy's past. The Jedi, dang it, it went too fast. Sorry, I was subtitling it, folks. Uh, so it was the planet Cordoku. Cor- <laughs> fun little fun little planet name. I'm waiting for the subtitles to come back around. Tip yep. Okay. Only on life day. Come so much on. tip yep. <laughs> A little bit. Okay. With the key to the galaxy's past, the Jedi's future becomes clear. So she finds this crystal and she is able to open portals into different moments in the Star Wars universe's time. Uh, she goes and sees Luke on Dagobah training with Master Yoda. Uh, Obi-Wan and um, Qui-Gon on the Trade Federation ship as they're getting gassed. Luke blowing mm-hmm. up the Death Star. Uh, Emperor Anakin Pal- and Obi-Wan's fight on Mustafar. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Palpatine and Vader talking on the second Death Star. Hoth. And all through the... Oh, you know, <laughs> they made the jokes with Kylo Ren with his shirt off. That's always yeah. fun. <laughs> And Hux's response was actually pretty entertaining on that, too. Yeah, I mean, some of it is is pretty funny, but essentially the whole thing becomes this whole weird timey-wime thing where everybody's falling through the portals and they're all fighting on Tatooine and you you have half, yeah. a, half a Darth Maul and X-Wings. Yeah. And, <laughs> anyway, it's very jumbled. Three Obi-Wans. And <laughs> right. Hello there. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's one of those lessons where... You had it in you the whole time. All you have to do is trust, trust your student, and they'll do just fine. And he did. So except he wasn't yeah. at first. So you know. So realistically, just a very simple message, and it yeah. comes from the heart. Anyway, uh, what well, what was your favorite joke out of all the going through the timelines and finding all these? Students and teachers. What, what was the favorite joke? Blue milk. Blue milk. <laughs> no, that's not. I don't. I, I, I actually. I got more of a chuckle out of Obi Wan and, and Qui Gon in the the Trade Federation ship. Obi Wan. Nobody cares like, about. Yeah. <laughs> so boring. That was funny. That was funny. I probably my personal favorite was the Mustafar fight when Obi Wan's like, "Careful, Anakin. Fear leads to anger. I know what it leads to." Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was pretty good, um, but I, I, I guess a couple of talking points that that all that I kind of pointed out was so apparently we're saying that Ray is a master now, and we are confirming that Finn is indeed force sensitive and on his way to becoming a Jedi. Well, my only concern with considering a this canon, and we kind of mentioned this beforehand like we were joking about it's like really lego's canon but ultimately if this is canon then we have time travel in star wars and that kind of sucks well yeah ray ray helped luke blow up the death star yeah yeah it's great she you know we have we have darth vader fighting darth vader it's great yep you know, and you ben know ray knows, fighting darth ben vader. knows palpatine you know yeah. he's hung out with him before right it's fine but just the fact you'd introduce the possibility of it is kind of concerning. So I would hope that this isn't considered canon because then we could just use that excuse at any moment. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that's 
that's kind of the trouble with time and everything. It's why I don't really like it because you have to over explain stuff and it doesn't all usually wind up making it, much sense. It muddles everything. You know, it's a layer that just isn't needed unless it's actually, I, I feel like time travel, it needs to be curated around time travel. If you're going to make a story. Yeah. If you just add it in as a layer, it always ruins everything else. So. Right. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I think the only thing that I that I point to is is again is Finn because that was something that was kind of hotly contested. Is like, is Finn force sensitive? And yep. we didn't really know that. I mean, he wielded a lightsaber, but that's not necessarily, you know, it might be uncommon, but it could happen. I guess. Yeah. It, it could happen. It did in film. Um, but, you know, that he would be on the path as a Jedi and that Ray is teaching him, you know? I don't know. Yeah, and we obviously don't know how far down the timeline this is. I mean, <clears throat> technically it could be, you know, 10 years in the future. And, yeah, at that point, yeah, she'd probably be a master. That's fine. And, you know, I'm, well, I'm fine I mean, with that, but. I mean, both of her, I, I doubt both it's of that her, far. Both of her masters are dead. She's like yeah. literally the last Jedi at this point. She just gets to crown herself a master, you know, <laughs> Master Ray. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, or maybe that's just an odd thing that Finn said. And we're really just looking into this too much, you know. It's hard to say. Well, I mean, I, I think, I think that it's interesting to to think about because. At the end of Rise of Skywalker, do you consider her a master? I mean, she did beat Palpatine. Yeah. And she did receive training from Luke and Leia. So extensive training, more so than oh, Luke would have okay, got. Okay, hold on. Let's let's not over let's <laughs> extensive, not I mean, come on. extensive Leia training at least. Maybe. More philo- more philosophical training than anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. She knows how to run an obstacle course, I'll give her that. But does she know does she know the secret of the backpack? Or to be able to do a handstand. And levitate a rock. That's right. With the backpack. <laughs> Has she raised an X-Wing from a body of water? Speaking of all that, I did think that was kind of funny. I think they added a joke in there about... Uh, uh, oh, what was it? I'm drawing a blank now. Ah, never mind, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I do have to say one thing. It, it's very odd to bring this up, because... Why would you expect good voice acting in a Lego anything? But good God, raise voice actress or voice actor, hard to say. It was super obnoxious the way she spoke. Yeah, I mean, everybody else was, was okay. I just thought that it was like, I mean, obviously, Ray, you know, Daisy has a you know British accent, but it seemed almost that, like it seemed forced. Mocking. Well, yeah. it kind of seemed like maybe I wonder if the person who did this was like just an American, like faking a British yeah. accent yeah, and trying to overcompensate for that. Yeah. But yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah. It's super cringy. So it's like entertaining for three seconds. Like, Oh, I hope she doesn't have a lot of lines. Oh crap. She does. Main character. <laughs> <bad>. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did. I did find that a little bit odd. Yeah. But, and she has all the books. Mm-hmm. The, the sacred text. Sacred text. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, it was a fun little episode and you get a lot of like Easter eggs from all of the various points of star Wars, you know, everything converging in a comedic fashion. So no, I mean, it was fine. Uh, it's just, you know, it's Lego. (laughs) It's It's hard to take Lego seriously. And and that's coming from someone who will probably buy the Lego Skywalker saga when it comes out. But I know you you will. I know you will. Not for me though. Obviously not for me. I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not saving those Nintendo eShop cards I got for Christmas. Uh huh. Yeah, sure. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> well, any other any other things we need to talk about from the Lego movie? It was you know, it was a nice little distraction, I guess. Yes, when we don't really get a whole lot of Christmas related stuff in Star Wars, it was nice nice to have something Star Wars related for the holiday season. Definitely. Uh, well, it's actually kind of interesting because, like, one of the days, I think it was like Christmas Eve. I actually went searching for Christmas movies. Not that I have cable, but you know, I, yeah, I, I can find things. And uh, like, nothing, nothing was anywhere. I just wanted to watch a Christmas streaming movie. service. Streaming services have dropped the ball year after year on Christmas movies. They really have. I, I that's one thing that I've had to just break down and buy the movies outright. Yeah. You just can't get it anywhere except for like Amazon Prime. And if I'm going to spend $3, I'll just buy the dang movie for nine. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Just very weird. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, maybe next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I did get It's a Wonderful Life on Blu-ray for Christmas. So very good. it's great. Very good. Good movie. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, spending a little bit of time with us here. Um, we actually have a bit of a schedule coming up. Crazy yes, enough. And it's actually, it's actually a really interesting one. So Yeah, we, we've pre-planned some of this. So coming up uh, next week-ish, depending, yes. whatever. I don't care. Uh, we'll second, call it next week. So we will be doing the Season 2 recap of The Mandalorian. The week after that, we will be jumping back into the new Jedi Order with the Agents of Chaos 1 Heroes Trial. So it's been a long time since we've done anything new Jedi Order or EU, but I have been getting a couple of people talking about that. So we will get back into that a little bit and get into one of those books. Then after that, we will be going after Light of the Jedi, the High Republic book. Though That and A Test of Courage come out on the 5th. So technically the week after it launches, we'll, we'll be getting into that. So Light of the Jedi. And then the following week after that, A Test of Courage, which is um, uh, rated as like a young kid's sort. But we'll go through it. It's like, it's a, it should be yeah. a quicker, quicker read and, and so forth. Just, you know... You know, get into the lore, man. Maybe some pad ones. It'll yeah. be fun, I guess. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. You can get some of the best lore even from the kids' stuff, I hate to say it. I mean, well, it might yeah. not grip you the whole time, but you can still get a lot of knowledge out of it. Yeah, one book we never went over was Force Collector. And I, I read it, and I yeah. think it was just like a bad time for you or something. Like, we were just going over too many books, and it just fell at an odd yeah. time. But that one actually was kind of interesting from just a perspective of how the first order was per, uh, was seen at that time. So we might have to go back and, and relook at that sometime, but sometimes the, the young, young adult or young kid, younger kiddish novels can be kind of interesting. So 
we might take a look at that. Yeah. And then February comes another one. Just more, more and more and more. Uh, that one will be uh, High Republic Into the Dark, and that's Claudia Gray's book. So I've got a lot of crap. Yes, to go very excited over. for that. <laughs> a lot of stuff. So hopefully, uh, you know, you find something you like in there and uh, make sure to let us know how we're doing. Know, give us any uh, comments on the content we provided or you know any comments on stuff maybe you'd like to see in the future. Uh, you can find us on Facebook for that. Send us a message or uh, Twitter at TC Plan Podcast or just send us a good old-fashioned email, you know, that old dinosaur thing that you know people still do, email to tcplanpodcast.gmail.com and we will be more than happy to talk about any of your theories or answer any questions that you have. And you can always join us on Patreon, too, if you want to support the cause here. That's a good place to do it. And we'll probably be dropping some different stuff there in the future as, you know, we kind of make certain things happen. They're just not happening yet. So, yeah. anyway, <laughs> any any last words for the folks at home? Uh, not a whole lot left to say. We've gone over quite a bit, but just hope you all have a, a great, happy New Year's Eve and stay safe out there and Let's get into 2021 with a lot of hope for the future of Star Wars. It's an exciting time, I believe. So, Absolutely. Yeah, we hope you guys had a Merry Christmas and happy other holidays, anything, you know, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, uh, yeah. whatever. Else. I don't know. I feel like Chrismica, if you're if you're trying to cram two in one type of deal. So we, we do hope that you <laughs> enjoy the holiday times. And yes, definitely have a good new year and uh, let's try and make it positive. So that's it for us. You guys have a great rest of your week. And as always, may the force be with you. <laughs>